Good morning, everyone. I'm Julie Kubiak, and I'm your host for today. Um, so happy Thanksgiving. Um, I was planning on opening today with some Thanksgiving jokes, and Father Abraham stole that from me. Um, and so I told him that he did that, and then he reminded me that both of our birthdays are on June 18th, so we were connected by the 618 Club, and that's why. It's really that we were on the same page, and he was opening it for me. So, and my jokes, I've taken it to a, a higher level, if I dare say, because mine are also church-related, Thanksgiving and church-related. So, okay, so here goes. Here's my first one. Why aren't turkeys allowed in church? because they have foul mouths. <laughs> okay, here's, here's my second one, also church-related. What do you come across, what happens when you come across a turkey with an evil spirit? Poultry geist. <laughs> yeah, I think I got more laughs. <laughs> okay, so, um, if you are new, we are so happy that you're here. And after the well, I, we'd love it for you to head over to our connection table so that we can ensure that you are plugged in. And you can follow along on today's notes if you go to, uh, I believe, notes. Um, there's an app, the STSA app. Um, and uh, Father Abraham is going to come up in a few minutes and complete the series of Ezra uh, going home. name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Good morning once again, everyone. Welcome to the well at STSA. What a great uh, journey we've been taking so far together. I'm sure you love the book of Ezra much more than you did before. Of course, we love the Bible, but now we understand better, and now it um, makes more sense to us, even personally. So I hope you enjoyed the journey so far, and kind of, I like to recap what we've done and and. If you remember correctly, the first week we talked about returning back to God, how important it is to return back to Him and, and start our life with Him again. And yeah, maybe in COVID I got lazy. Maybe I, got, I wasn't as serious and committed as I wa uh, should be. And now it's time to return back to God. And then after that, we started saying, the week after that, week two, is we need to rebuild our spiritual life. As they're rebuilding the temple, we're rebuilding our temple. Our life with God it needs to be rebuilt. And, and um if you remember, they rebuilt the temple together as one. Remember that? So we're doing that too. That's why we're here together. That's why we've been in life groups. That's why we're hanging out together. That's why we do church together, is we need to keep rebuilding our life with him. And rebuilding is an ongoing stage forever. And then we had Father Timothy talk to us about the opposition. That whenever you're trying to build your life with God, of course there's going to be someone or something coming against it. You have to know that that's part of the journey. As you're trying to grow your life with God, something is going to tear you down. Something is going to tempt you. Something is going to bring you away. Someone is going to bring you discouragement. But we must resist the enemy and overcome the opposition. Last week we talked about time for revival. Temple was complete in chapter 6. Who came in chapter 7? Finally, we said... Ezra's coming with more people and there's a revival happening and many people are starting to come back to Jerusalem. What else is there to say? That seems like enough, right? Just like anything good, 
you have, you need to protect it. And that's what I want to talk about today, how to protect what you've gained. Yeah, you returned, we're rebuilding, there's temptation, opposition, there's challenges, all of us are facing them. God is doing a revival, and he has done a revival in this church through these life groups, through the well. He is doing that, but the next step is protect what you have. Protect what you have. That's the hardest part, is to protect. The best way to protect what you have is don't do something temporary, okay? Do something long-lasting, okay? I'll give you an example. You and I both know it's very, 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 very hard to lose weight and be fit. You know why it's hard? Because we're always doing temporary things diets that we do for a short period of time, and then we stop them. Isn't that true? It doesn't work. Now, before you kill me, I'm going to tell you right now a word that you probably don't agree with, but diets don't work. Now, before you get upset with me, hear me out. Because some people say, when I'm doing a three-day cleansing, all I'm drinking is juice. Okay. I always ask the next question. After the three days, what are you going to do next? Temporary doesn't work, and that's why it doesn't work for us in our life with God. Temporary does not work. Some people say, this is back in the day, maybe you've never heard of this, but if you're older, people say, oh, I'm doing the Weight Watchers diet. Some people don't remember that. And some people said, I'm doing the South Beach diet. And then the people at Beverly Hills, they got upset. They said, we're doing the Beverly Hills diet, so South Beach is doing their diet, Beverly Hills is doing their diet. And to be honest with you, I read about diets last couple days. There's actually a cookie diet. Did you guys know that? A cookie diet. It's real. You eat cookies every day, and that's all you eat. That's the diet that I want to be on. And I don't know about you, but that's the best kind of diet. It's the cookie diet. And you've heard of Atkins diet, and there's another diet called the Subway diet. You guys ever heard of that one? I know you've heard of that one. You eat Subway sandwiches every day, and that's it. You've heard of that one, right? Subway sandwiches every day. I don't like Subway that much to eat it every day, but if you like that, that's a diet. Keto, those, how many Keto people are in the room? Don't get upset with me, Ms. Ketos, Mr. and Mrs. Ketos. I don't know. <laughs> those diets, I'm saying they don't work, and I'll tell you why in a second. Now, this one, you're not going to believe me, but Google it. There's a werewolf diet based on the fasting on lunar moon phases. The werewolf diet. I wonder if you have to howl like a wolf at the moon at night, part of this diet. I have no idea, but it's all craziness. There's cookie diets, werewolf diets, and by the way, what I'm saying is 100% true. Google everything I'm saying. They're all, it's all there. There was over 100 different types of diets. And I'm telling you, don't get upset. Diets don't work because it's a temporary mindset. I'm going to pray for a little bit. I'm going to be in life groups for four weeks. I'm going to attend the well. I'm going to attend these small things, and then I'm done. That's a diet. It's a, it's a spiritual diet. People always tell me when they do their diet, they tell me this, but I don't believe you. And don't be upset. They said, Abuna, this is not a diet. This is my lifestyle. Have you ever said that before? This is my lifestyle. I mean, I don't know how many times you eat Subway sandwiches and, 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 and howl at the moon. How many, it's your lifestyle? I'm not sure. But here it is. The best way to protect your temple is to live a restored lifestyle. I want you to think about lifestyle today. Not temporary, but long-lasting. What we did, meeting as a group in life groups, that shouldn't be temporary. What we did to 
open up the book of Ezra and dig in and share and dig deeper, that shouldn't be something like a diet or temporary. It should be a lifestyle. Look, praying, reading the Bible, our attendance in church, these are our restored lifestyle. That temple went up. That temple was complete. There's challenges. But the only way we're going to protect what we have is to live a restored lifestyle. And that's really practicing our good habits as a way of life. That's the problem sometimes when we take retreats or go on mission trips or we do something special like we did in, in our church with life groups. The only concern I have is that this is temporary. What you're building in your life as you're building your temple, if you're doing spiritual things here and there, that's the diet. You're not going to gain anything from it. And to be honest, spiritual lifestyle is better than the spiritual diet. Anyone can, oh, today I'm going to read the whole book of Ezra. Okay, good. What about tomorrow? No, on Sunday I heard the sermon. I heard, we read all the Bible readings. What about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Diet, they don't work. Spiritual lifestyle is better than spiritual diet. This is the goal of today, guys. Every priest's nightmare is that people grow, they gain a lot, and they lose it. It's really hard. We don't want you to lose it. We don't want you to lose what you've gained. We don't want your temple to come crumbling down again. We want you to protect what you have. It's hard to protect what we have. In sports, those of you who love sports, it's hard to win a championship in any sport. What's harder than that? To do it again. To maintain everything you've done, all the great things, to have the same energy. You know, when you, when you want to win something so bad, you have a lot of energy and zeal, then once you get it, the next year it's hard to do it again because we start letting our guard down. It's not impossible, but it's harder. To, to complete this series, we need to think about how to protect what we gained. God is building so many good things in you, in me, in us. I'm not willing to give it up. Are you? Hold on to it. Hold on to it. So we must live this restored lifestyle. And what I want to tell you now are some different ways to protect your temple, to have this restored lifestyle. And you can think about it, and you can put it in your own context, but I want you to think, first of all, we need to keep the goal in mind. What's the goal? I need the goal in mind. I need to, to know that my goal is to reach him, to be in one with him, to, to run this race with him. We can't run our life anymore out there aimlessly. What I mean by that is, you can't just say, oh, I forgot to pray. I'm not sure about the Bible. Oh, the kids didn't read the Bible. Oh, they didn't. We can't run aimlessly anymore. We've got to have a goal every single day. When you wake up in the morning, the first thing you've got to think about, what is my goal today? How do I, can I protect my life with God? I know everyone is running around like crazy. I've heard some of you are running here, dropping your kids off here, running here, dropping your kids off. I know those who have kids, I know how crazy it is and distracting it is and busy it is. And maybe not distracting, but because that's a responsibility. But in, in general, what I don't want you to do is stop running the race that is important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 24, do you know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way 
that you may obtain it. Guys, if you slow down, we're not going to get it. It's saying here, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Everything you want out of life, everything you want with your life with God, you've got to keep running. You've got to keep running. And run in such a way that you can attain this prize to be with God, to be one with Him. Run with certainty. And I want you to hear this, run daily. You can't stop running. You can't stop running on Monday or Tuesday or any day. Every single day you have to run with God. I know when we wake up, we're thinking, okay, I gotta take the kids to school. I got this work. I got this. I got. Guys, everything we do every morning should start by running with Him. Run in such a way that we're going to get this prize. When you get older, really older, you're gonna stop being busy. And you're gonna stop the hobbies and activities and the work, everything that you want. When you get older, you're not going to be able to do what you used to do. You're going to slow down. Some people call this slow down retirement, their dream. But honestly, when you get older and older, every single day from now till then, if you slow down, you're going to get sick. My mom recently, you know, she, they asked her, like, you're getting older, now it's time to slow down. She, she said, if I slow down, she told me this the other day, if I slow down from doing what I'm doing, I'm going to die quicker. What I want to say to you spiritually, you better run. Run every single day. This series is over today, but it's not over for us running. If you feel the urge Monday morning not to wake up and to sit with God and to build your temple and to serve Him and to do whatever, to do all the things we talked about in the series, if you feel the urge, you're going to get sick. Sin's going to start creeping in again. And you will die spiritually. That's the negative side. What I'm saying to you is, on the positive side, if you run, run in a way that you want to win it, that you want to obtain it, that you want to protect it. Protect what you have. The same way you protect your own family, protect your own life with God. This is a lifestyle. This is a way of life. This is not a diet. This is not temporary. This is the way we will do it from now on. And Ezra seemed to be able to do that as well. If we go to Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, let's see what Ezra did to maintain this, this way of life, this lifestyle. Ezra eight twenty one says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way. You, got, you get that right? To seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. He proclaimed here a fast. He humbled himself. You know why he was running here? He was running so he can what? Seek the right way. He wanted to know God's way. He woke up every morning and said, God, what is your way for me? That's what you need to do. That's what I need to do. We need to wake up every morning, especially tomorrow morning, guys. It's, it, it's a pitfall. After the weekend, we're tired. Tomorrow morning, you wake up and you stand before God, every one of us, and you say, God, I want to seek the right way. I want to know the right way. I want to know the way that you want for me. I desire to live this as a lifestyle. I want to run towards you. And there's a nice prayer that I, I love very much from the Psalms of the morning hour, the first hour, is Psalm 143, verse 10. It says, Lord, this is kind of a continuation. Teach me to do, when you're standing up, in that, say, teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Ezra said, lead me. He woke up in the morning. He was leading 8,000 people back from captivity, back to Jerusalem. And he just wanted God. He fasted. He prayed. He said, show me the right way. We should say, 
as the psalm says here, lead me. So tomorrow morning when you get up in the morning, just say, God, lead me. Show me your way this morning. Show me the way today. Show me what I can do. Show me how I can walk with you and, and be a, live my life for you. But keep running. Don't stop running. You stop running, you're going to get sick. Keep running. And look what happened after Ezra fasted and prayed and was looking for the right way. I love this because it's, so we fasted and entreated our God for this. And he answered our prayer. That's the life you want to live, don't you? Isn't that the way you want to live? Running towards God, running towards God. I'm praying. I'm, I, I want your way. Show me your way. And God says, I got it right here. I'm going to answer. I'm going to answer. He, Ezra wanted God's will. This prayer that we had with Psalm 143, it's lead me to your will. Our Father that we pray every day, our Father who art in heaven, it says thy will be done. We pray it, but we don't understand it. We don't mean it. We say it every day, God, your will, your way. I want to stand up every morning and say, God, you lead me towards your way. And to be honest, to live a lifestyle, we have to keep running towards God's will. Every day, God, what is your way today for me? God, lead me today. I want to know your will today. Thy will be done. And you run towards it, and you seek it, and you ask for it. This is a lifestyle. Now, when it's not a lifestyle is when you ask for it on Sunday. Sunday before the throne of God, you say, God, I need this, I need this, I need this. Show me your way. Help me here. Help me, help me, help me. We did it on Sunday, but Monday needs that too. Keep running on Monday. Keep running on Monday. I was with the Wave the last four weeks in their life group, the high school kids in the junior high. They were saying something really powerful. They said, on Sunday, we're right here. On Monday, we're right here with God. On Tuesday, because of school and all the temptations, we're right here with God. This is, this is some of your kids. On Wednesday, right here. And on Thursday and, Friday, and Saturday, we're, we're just looking forward to come back at the, in the life group and just kind of get revived again. And then Sunday, we're back up. And I'm sure that's how you feel. By the end of the week, you're broken, you're beat up, you're, you're... keep running. Keep running. Don't stop running. This is a lifestyle. This is the way we're going to live. This is the way we're all going to live as Christians, as members of STSA. We're going to run towards God's will. And sometimes that means praying every day. Sometimes that may be fasting. Because here, Ezra was praying and fasting. And he answered, God answered their prayers. Sometime long ago, I remember praying and fasting in 2006 to say, God, what is your will for me? Uh, Bishop Paul asked me to come and be a priest in Africa, and I was like, no way. I told you some of this story, and you guys know, but I said, no way. Honestly, I said, no way. And Abun Anthony knows we all said, no way. He was there during that time. But Bishop Paul said something to me. He said, okay, no problem. It's no, it's fine. But just do me one favor. He said, pray and fast about it for some time, and let me know what God says to you. I said, that's easy. I'm going to pray and fast and tell you no, as usual. It's not a problem. It's easy enough. But when we prayed and fasted, persistently, as a way of life, seeking God, honestly, seeking God's will, and I'm not just saying for going to Africa. I'm saying this is a way of life for you and for me. He was really, really, really overly clear to go. And I'm not going to tell you all the details because I don't have time to tell you all the details. We can talk another time. But he said go. And by the way, when I came back, I didn't want to come back from Africa. I loved it so much. But the same thing. I said, God, I'm going to be honest. I don't want to come back. But what do you want? What do you want? So part of my way of life was praying and fasting and seeking God's will and seeking what you want. What do you want, God? And he said, time to go back. But I said, God, it's COVID. It's 2020. He said, go back. I didn't realize what was awaiting for me, which was all of you. And, and it's just 
this is not a diet. This is a lifestyle. You know, we have a fast coming up. Does anybody know when? On what day? Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. You got to fast and pray. Somebody told me, said, Abuna, I think I'm going to start my fasting the day after Thanksgiving. It's all you. Either way, <laughs> either way, um, I want it to be a lifestyle. Do you think Ezra was doing that fasting just as a, a once in a Ezra was praying, fasting, seeking God's will. He was running towards God's will. We must do the same. When we have this Thursday coming up in five days or so, we're going to start fasting. Let it be a lifestyle that we're not just changing the food. It's easy. Oh, oh, this fast, I can eat fish. Thank God. Seafood is there. And that's all we think about. No. Pray and fast and seek God's will. Run during the fast. Run. Let it be a way of life. Keep running with your prayers, your life in your Bible, and your scriptures, fasting, liturgies, run. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and of course, Sunday. Don't slow down. You slow down, you get sick. Eventually, we die. So run towards God's will. This is how you protect your life with God. This is how you protect your temple. You keep running. And you ask every morning, Psalm 143, lead me. What do you want from me today? What do you want out of my life? What do you want me to do for you? Keep saying that, and he will lead you. Next thing Ezra faced was a challenge with the people. The people started to compromise their faith by intermarrying with other um, nations. So people of Israel marrying people who are not from the people of God. By the way, long time ago, before Ezra, there was a guy named King Solomon who built the first temple, right? You remember that? King Solomon had the same issue. He married, you know this number, and I don't want to say it, he married 700 wives. Do you believe that? 700. Like not, not one, two is enough, three, okay, you got three, 700. And then there was like 300 more that were not his wives but are still with him. If that's another story for another day. But that's a lot of people. Do you know what happened to King Solomon? He had the same problem that the people of Israel were having is that because he married this wife, she was worshiping that God, a different. And that wife worshiped a different God. So Solomon was having a problem because he would always worship his God and then her God and then her God and then her God and then he was just all mixed up. So what happened here today, the people also started doing the same. They were marrying other people who were from a different and they were worshiping different gods. And I want you to see what happened to them in Ezra chapter 9 verse 1. I want you to see that this hurt their temple. But let me, let me, let's get into this together. Chapter 9, verse 1 says this. When these things were done, the leaders came to me saying, the people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the peoples of the lands with respect to the abominations of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Ammonites, the Moabites, the Egyptians, and the Amorites. So here so far, the key word as it's highlighted there kind of, the people didn't separate themselves, Right? They have a temple built, but they didn't separate themselves. They joined these other lands and their gods and things like that. It hurt their temple. They started compromising. Verse 2, chapter 9, verse 2, look at the words here. For they have taken some of their daughters as wives for themselves and their sons, so that the holy seed is mixed, keyword mixed, with the people of those lands. Indeed, the hand of the leaders and rulers has been foremost in the trespass. So I'm not here to talk about marriage today, 
But the key here is that they're mixing and they're not separating themselves. What does that mean for you and for me? Yeah, it may mean a relationship. But the problem is sometimes we in this room here compromise our faith. We join what everybody else is doing. We mix with what everybody else is doing. The way of life here, we join that. We don't separate ourselves. It may be friendships that we still carry. It may be bad habits, bad locations, bad things. I don't know. But here, to protect your temple, we got to be careful to compromise. They compromised. They said, what's the big deal? It's okay if I do this a little bit. What's the big deal? It's not going to hurt me that much. And the slow, small compromise starts to be a big compromise. It killed King Solomon. It killed the people here. That It hurt them, the people around Ezra. And guys, don't just be quick to join whatever things are happening around us. You say, okay, Buena, this, I'm not a high school kid. Why are you telling me that? What I have to say to you is this. Long time ago, People told me the same thing about me. They said, Abuna, actually I wasn't Abuna back then. They said, you're being extreme. You know why they told me I'm being extreme? And no one likes the word extreme. They said, why'd you stop hanging out with us? I said, nothing to do with you. I love you, but I want to change my life. This is many years ago. I want to change my life. I want to do something different. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to mix anymore. Um, I don't want to go to those places anymore. I don't want to compromise anymore. I know it sounds extreme, but I cut them off completely. You're saying, how can we do that? And I'm not saying you have to cut off a person or cut, cut off, if you need to cut off a person, cut off a person. If you need to cut off an activity that you do, a habit that you do, whatever it is, cut it off. Don't compromise with it. Don't keep things around. Like I always notice people who say, well, it's not a big a deal, and they keep certain bad habit around. You know what it does? They're kind of living like broken. I'm not really with God. I'm kind of in the middle of this. What's the big deal? And it's just this life in the middle. And I know it was extreme for me to cut off people and cut off that way of life, but I did it. And I had to because I wanted something more. And I hope you want something more after this series and you're not going to compromise anymore. Yes, run towards God and His will and ask for that every day. But I would be careful that if you start compromising and letting small things in, and I know it might be extreme, but you know what Ezra did? Ezra did something very extreme too. Look what Ezra did. He said, when I heard this thing, I tore my garment and my robe and plucked out some of the hair on my head and on my beard and sat down astonished. Talk about extreme. Ouch. Just pull out your beard? Come on. He tore his garments, tore his robe, hair, beard. He sat down astonished. He did something extreme. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm one of that guy's crazy. I'm not going to do that. I'm not asking you to do that. But protect what you have at all cost. Protect what God gave you. You're growing your life. Your temple is growing. You're being rebuilt. You return back to God. Why do we want to lose it now? Protect what you have. You protect your children. If, if a bug comes on your children, you dive and save them. If a bug, why do you protect? And I protect my spiritual life like this. No compromise. I'm not going back to the way I used to be? Not you either. If you don't like the word extreme, stand up. Have a stance. Be firm. Hold your ground. Have a reaction. When something is taking you away from God, have resistance. Don't give in so easily. Fight for it. You have to protect what you have. If you, if you entered into a prison because of something you did, 
and then you're free after 30 years or 70 years like the people here. Would you go back again after 70 years? Would you go back and do what you used to do? If you've been set free from prison after 70 years, would the next day you start up the same things that you'd be thrown back in prison? You would never. You would say, I learned my lesson. 70 years is enough. Sometimes we don't learn our lesson. Protect what you have. Fight for it. Even I like this verse a lot. And I say this to a lot of people. Maybe you heard me say this to you, but I like it because I, I like that we need to be a little bit tougher. Right? Don't compromise. Fight what you have. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. You know what that means? It's like, okay, like protect what you have. Don't go down that road again until bloodshed. Okay, but not to bloodshed, till something before, anything. But stand up, resist. Guys, resist a little. You want a, a new lifestyle? You, don't want a, you want a diet? Keep your diet. You want a lifestyle? You've got to run towards God's will. And you've got to close your door on the old life. And you're not going to like this, but I think it's fair. Be extreme and don't compromise. Be extreme. And if you want to remove extreme and put firm or strive or, or fight, whatever you want to do, put in that word. We're not supposed to be extreme, but I think we need a little bit more extreme in a positive way to hold your ground. Run towards God's will every single morning. That's a lifestyle. Be firm, extreme, and don't compromise. Don't let in a little. Never works. Now, I'm not saying you're not going to fall. You may fall again. doesn't mean you're you're away from God if you fall. If you resist and you ask God to lead you, you may fall. But which way are you going to fall? Which way are you going to fall? At the evening sacrifice, I rose from my fasting, and having torn my garment and my robe, how did Ezra fall here? I fell on my knees. Let's say it together. I fell on my knees and spread out my hands to the Lord my God. You're going to fall. You're going to make a mistake. Fall down on your knees. Say, God, I need you. It's okay. I know sometimes we feel, here we go again. Made the same mistake again. Same bad habit. Same, I'm not patient again. Here it is. I got angry again. Uh, I couldn't forgive again. I did so and so again. Here I go again. And you can do it again also. There's always falling down. But I was reading something one time which says when you fall, you fall forward. You fall forward, you're not going to go backwards. We're not going backwards, guys. We're not going backwards. We're not going back to prison. We're not going back to old life. We are living a lifestyle. We're not doing diets. Here in this church, we're doing lifestyle. This is the way we're going to live our life. So if something happens, yes, run towards God's will. Don't compromise. But if you fall, you fall on your knees forward. You say, God, I need you. I'm not going back to captivity again. Ezra said, we're not going back to captivity. And let's look at the continuation here in verse 6 together. And I said, oh my God, I am too ashamed, right? We feel that. And humiliated to lift up my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen higher than our heads and our guilt has grown up to the heavens. Look how Ezra felt. He felt too humiliated. I like this too. I'll tell you why. Ezra had such a sensitive heart. He didn't want to hurt God. He didn't want to be away from God anymore. Don't stay in shame and guilt, of course. But he was lifting up his heart, lifting up his arms, 
he was on his knees praying and he felt so humiliated that they started doing the same thing they used to do again. We're heading towards the end of the book of Ezra. You would think by now we would go towards like a happy ending. You guys like know the happy ending? If you actually read the book of Ezra, it doesn't look like a happy ending. But we need to have a different ending. We need to have a different part of our story. He was too, he, he said, how can we keep repeating the same sins that put us back in there? We need to protect ourselves. May God protect you. And I'd say another prayer. God, help protect me from backsliding and compromising. Protect me from going back into the captivity again. It may happen, but doesn't mean that we won't stand up and continue living our lifestyle once again. Look, we talked about diet so much. You may, if you're ever on a diet and you slip up and you go eat five guys, you know, I tried to make the excuse one day when it said five guys, I thought they meant you're supposed to eat five burgers at five guys, but I know it's not right. But sometimes you feel like you want to binge and you want to eat junk food. And by the way, have you ever had five guys milkshakes? I didn't know they were so good. So five guys, five burgers, milkshakes. Sometimes you binge and you go and you say, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And I lost my, no, you didn't lose anything. It happens. You fall sometimes. I fall sometimes in a, in, in a real, when you're trying to keep in, in shape. You may fall, but the whole thing is, tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow is a new day. The spiritual habits you developed by reading the Bible and praying and praying the Psalms and, and journaling and, and attending the sacraments and life of repentance, and all those spiritual habits you gained over the years, and maybe you've gained working as a community living in communities like life groups, all these spiritual things we've done to encourage, we're not stopping them. We're not going to stop them. We're living this way. You've got to run. Not only run, you need to protect what you have by not compromising. Let's continue to see what Ezra did because I, I want us, because we're going to see chapter 9 and 10 today. It's, chapter 10 is the, is the last chapter, but chapter 9 here still, it says now, let's look together. Let's see the final messages here. Ezra chapter 9, verse 8 says, And now, for a little while, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us, leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in his holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. Again, I always tell you, there's our part and there's God's part. Right? Our part, I'm running. Right? I'm resisting to bloodshed. I'm not compromising. That's your part and my part. We've got to have a little bit of, be extreme, not to compromise. Run. God's part, he's going to give us a second chance, a remnant, a, 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 a chance to, a peg in his holy place, right? He's going to enlighten us again. He's going to give us a revival. God is always, he's going to give us this light. When we say enlighten, he's going to give us a light. You know what, basically what I'm trying to say is, no matter what stage in your life with God is, no matter where you are building, as you protect your life with God, you've got to hold on to his light so we can always return. You've got to hold on. You've got to hold on. I mean, if you look back, sorry, I'm going to go back. He gave us a chance to escape. He gave us a peg in his holy place. He gave us, he say, he's basically saying, I'm going to give you grace for you to come back to me. So hold on to his light. Hold on to this chance he's giving us. Junk food, diet, may taste good, but we always regret it. 
We always regret binging and eating something from a fast food. We regret falling, but God says, hold on. I'm going to give you a chance again. And not only that, I, I love these verses. I want to tell you the next verse, verse 9. Look at what God says. And look what God is doing. For we were slaves. Basically, put this in our context. We were away from you. We were in captivity. But look what happens next. Yet our God did not forsake us in our bondage. I love that. But he extended mercy. Isn't that amazing of God? He didn't forsake us. When you fell and I fell. When I, when I made a mistake. When I did something I wasn't supposed to. He's extending mercy. You're the one that's hard on yourself sometimes. Get up. Don't compromise. Run again. Start running the race again. Protect your temple. Protect your life with God. He's giving us a little bit of light. He's extending mercy. He extended mercy to us in the sight of the king of Persia to revive us, to repair the house of our God, to rebuild its ruins, to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. Look what God is doing for us. This is a great journey we've been going through, but he's still going to work. Just keep running, guys. Keep asking him to lead you towards his will. Keep resisting against compromise that's hurting us. Hold on to that light. He's extending his mercy. As we continue now to chapter 10, I told you about lifestyle. There's nothing better than what Ezra does here in chapter 10. He continues his lifestyle, and this is how he's living his life. When the people did something, now while Ezra was praying, you can see his lifestyle, and while he was confessing, you can see his lifestyle. Weeping, lifestyle. Bowing down before the house of God. A very large assembly of men, women, and children gathered to him from Israel. For the people wept bitterly. He's praying, he's confessing, he's weeping. It's the way of life. Good and bad. Look at it in the next verse. In verse 2. And Shechaniah, the son of Jehiel, one of the sons of Elam, spoke up and said to Ezra, guess what it did for the rest of the people? We have trespassed against our God and have taken pagan wives from the people of the land, yet now there is hope in Israel in spite of this. Yet there is hope. I should have highlighted that. There is hope in Israel in spite of this. Lifestyle means this. You're going to make a mistake. You're going to hurt your spouse. You're going to hurt your children. You're going to be annoyed at them. You're going to do something that's going to hurt someone. You're going to do something that you're going to be ashamed of. Keep praying. Keep confessing. Admit it. We did it. I'm sorry, God. But guess what? Even though you admit it and you confess it, God's going to say, still hope. Hold on to that light. There's still hope in, in spite of this. This is the best way to live our life. Asking God to constantly clean me. God, I made a mistake against you. Look, don't ever feel bad. Just say, God, I'm sorry. And he's going to show you that little bit of hope. St. Anthony the Great says something. God in his mercy reminds everyone of the means of grace given to him. So never lose heart or be lazy, my children. In crying to the Lord night and day, you may force the Father's benevolence to grant you aid from above. I want to remind you of this as we're coming to a close in the series. God's extending his mercy. God's reminding us of the hope. God's reminding us of his grace. Never lose heart or be lazy. I like how St. Anthony said, never lose heart or be lazy. Because 
You know when you lose heart, what do you do with your life with God, honestly? We start being what? Lazy. I can't. I'm not, I don't feel like reading the Bible. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like, I can't take communion. I didn't confess. I didn't. Don't lose heart, guys. Run the race. Don't compromise. Hold on to that light. Never lose heart or be lazy. God is reminding us of his mercy for every one of us, his grace for every one of us. He's granting us aid, support from above. Keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. God's going to keep reminding you and overwhelming you with hope when you feel in despair. So keep running. Now running may be everyday praying, everyday reading the Bible. It could mean every week, and it should mean sacrament of communion. It could mean, by the way, sitting with your confession father every few months, every two months. It could mean that. It mean, when you're confessing to God, he wants to, he wants to work in us because it, it is true. God does want to protect our temple, but he might want to protect it by cleaning it. As you know, if you have a church, if you don't clean it, you're destroying the temple, right? A real church, if you don't clean it, you don't take care of it. So it's okay to clean my temple through confession. That's okay. And that's what St. Anthony was saying. It's, hey, don't be lazy in that. He's got his, you know when you do confession, it's God's way of saying, I love you and I'm extending my mercy to you. I'm extend- so when you go to confession and you repent, and you say, I've confessed, we've confessed, and you're bowing and you're, and you're God's extending his mercy and he's just cleaning us. He's cleaning us. And maybe just to kind of make it clear for us, the restored lifestyle that we want needs constant cleaning. Our temple needs constant. You want to protect your temple? You want to protect your life with God? Need cleaning. There's no place. You, you try not cleaning your house for six months. Try. How's the toilet going to look? How's the kitchen sink with all the plates? How is, how is your house going to look if you don't clean it for some time? It's gonna, you're going to destroy it. This temple right here, every one of you, every temple here, this life we have with God, it's okay to clean it. It needs constant cleaning. And that's what Ezra did. And that's what the people did. That's what the people did. Now we're going to the last thing. The very, very last thing. I'll try to speed up a little bit here. Is... Anytime you want to do something long-term, you need a contract. When you bought your house, maybe some of you paid it in full, cash. But most of us, when we bought our house, or we're looking to buy a house, you're going to get a mortgage from the bank, and you're going to pay it with a contract saying, every month you're going to pay this amount of money towards the bank or towards the mortgage company until you finish it after 30 years or whatever. What happens if you don't pay it for one month? Two months three months. You say, I'm not paying it at all. You can't do that. You can't skip out. You know, we're so serious with our mortgage payments and our car payments. We know there's a contract there. Well, guess what happens at the end of the book? Welcome. Let's look together. Every one of us, let's look together how to make this a lifestyle. Ezra chapter 10, verse 3. Now, therefore, let us make a covenant with our God. This is the last chapter in the book that you've been studying for the last five weeks. Now, therefore... Let us, here, make a covenant with our God. Put away all these wives. Now, don't, don't take that literally. Put away your wife, okay? Please don't do that. Put away, remember the wife was the thing that they did, they compromised to something that wasn't good for them, okay? Put away all these, and you fill in the blank with your sin or whatever. That those have been born to them, according to the advice of my master and of those who tremble at the commandment of our God, and let it be done according to the law. Here it's, let us make a covenant. 
Let us make a covenant. Let's make our own agreement. Like, now we're done with the series. Tomorrow, your covenant. God, I'm yours, you're mine. You lead me. I'm with you, whatever you want. Every day, I'm going to stand before you. And when my temple gets dirty, I'm going to clean it. And when I'm empty, I'm going to fill it with your word, with prayer, with fasting. God, this is my way of life. The covenant I want you to have is to make a lifestyle of your spiritual life. No more diets. Diets don't work. Diets don't work. Now, if you're doing a diet as a lifestyle, lifestyle works. That's what we're going to do. Covenant is a way to say to God, I'm yours. And if you look carefully what happens next in verse 4, what did the people do? And when he said, let's make a covenant, what did the people do? They arose. Arise for this matter is your responsibility. We're also with you. Be of good courage and do it. It's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. I have to make a covenant with God. Abundant Anthony has to make a covenant with God. Abundant Timothy has to make a covenant. You have to make a covenant with God. You. And the covenant is that Monday morning, I'm not going to be lazy anymore. I'm going st- to be with you every single morning. I don't care what's on my plate. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to cry to you. I'm going to ask you to lead my life. I'm going to run. I'm not walking anymore. Don't walk anymore. Don't crawl. Don't limp. We're running with God every single day. And when the temple gets dirty, clean it. It's okay. But the restored lifestyle needs a covenant with God. This book is over, but our covenant is not over. This series is over. I'm sad for it. I loved it. But our journey, so much more. I'm going to protect my temple and keep God in the middle of it. I'm going to seek his will. I'm not going to compromise. I'm going to hold on to that little light. God is extending light, mercy, grace. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to clean my temple when I need to. I'm going to make a covenant with you, God. I'm going to be serious with you. I'm serious about making a mortgage. Guys, we're serious about making a mortgage payment, but we're not serious with God. We're serious about oh, car payments due, and this is, and the, the Verizon is due, and, and, and this is due. all our bills. We have tons of bills. We're sure it's on. Yes. Okay, pay it. I want us to be serious with this. And look what the, the people did. Let me actually skip to this next slide here. I think I missed a slide. Oh, there we go. Um, okay, it's not here. Let me tell you what <laughs> let me happened next. The next thing is the people stood up in verse 12 and said in a loud voice, I want you to hear this. In a loud voice, they told Ezra, as you have said, so we must do. We must do it. So Ezra said, we're all going to make a covenant. We're going to run with God. We're gonna be, you know what the people stood up and said? We must do that. I love that. We must do that. Rebuild, return, rebuild, overcome, revival. Today is the permanent marker. Today is the way of life. We're not talking anymore about a cookie diet or a werewolf diet or whatever diet. We're talking about lifestyle. It's been so great these past five weeks to return home to the arms of God. It's been so nice to be in his arms. It's so nice that I get encouragement from my brothers and sisters and people encourage me to walk with God. And I've never read this part in the Old Testament. And we've been praying and we've been saying all these things and just watching the life groups and watching how things have been grow- every week been growing. We've been moving from knowing God I want you to hear this. From knowing God to doing good for God 
to becoming like God. And I think that's what the, the verse here is. A restored lifestyle will help me to become like God. Hey, by the way, it's easy to know God. You can tell me some verses in the Bible. That's step one. Next step is, oh, I can do good. Let me help out here and there. Let me help out. People need help. Let me do that. That's a good step. The better step is that through our lifestyle, we become from knowing to doing to becoming. It's a big difference, guys. It's a huge difference. And that's what we want everyone to be as we restore this lifestyle. Here's the summary. Live the lifestyle. That's the final thing. Here's the final thing that we talked about today. Keep running towards, let's say them all together, okay? Live the lifestyle. Number one is what? We have to keep, all together, keep running towards God's will. Got to keep running towards his will. Keep running. Lead me, God. Number two, all together, be extreme and don't compromise. Figure out what that means in your own life. What is it that you're kind of bringing in as a, as a thing that's hurting you? Number three, all together, hold on to his light. All together, number three, hold on. Hold on. He's extending his mercy. He's extending his grace. Hold on. Number four, all together. Constant cleaning. It's okay to say my temple is not clean. God, clean it. Number five, restored lifestyle needs a covenant with God. That's where we are today. Thank you so much for doing this journey together, but the journey continues. We are a church, so we're going to be there for each other as we walk with God. So that's why we're going to continue to meet life groups. You guys should have made a, a meeting. We're going to continue to have options for confession and repentance. We're going to have liturgies. We're going to have Bible studies. We're going to send you stuff that will help you and encourage you. We're going to keep doing this together. It's a covenant we're making together. And at the end, the restored lifestyle will always protect your eternity. I know it seems too hard to think about eternity but we're going to protect it. You're going to return. You're going to build. You're going to face opposition. You're going to lead a revival to help many more people come to God. Last week we talked about your life will help many come to God. But this week, we're living a lifestyle to protect your life with God and to protect your eternity. Thank you so much for the beautiful time we spent together. But the journey continues. Live the lifestyle with God. No more diets. Let's pray for one another genuinely. Pray for me. Glory be to God forever. Amen. Let's stand for prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Lord, we are yours. We are yours. We make a covenant with you right now that our life is not going to be for us.